Good evening, people. Annie K here for another episode of Annie Gets Healthy here on 93.5 CHMR-FM. Annie Gets Healthy is a program where I discuss the things I do to maintain a healthy lifestyle after my recovery from long-term obesity. My health is something I will likely continue to monitor closely for the rest of my life, and I've developed a pretty big interest in what makes our bodies perform as intended as a result of that. As always, I will start the show by reminding anyone tuned in that I am not a physician or trained medical professional. All of the opinions I share on this show are based on my experience with my own body and backed up with the advice of doctors, researchers, trainers, and nutritionists. But it's once again, it's the advice that I take that works for me. Uh, a lot of people try different approaches that work for them. So take all of that with a grain of salt. Uh, naturally, not everybody will share all of these opinions, and that is totally okay. In fact, it is great to engage in dialogue about what you consider to be healthy. I would much rather people discuss opinions on what makes them feel good than for people to avoid conversations on health entirely. That being said, if you would like to talk with me, you can find me on Instagram at Annie Gets Healthy. That's A-N-N-I-I Gets Healthy. Uh, and I actually recently started a new Twitter, which is... Uh, uh, at Annie K Health. That's A N N I I K Health. So follow and message me on there if you have a topic that you want to hear about on the show, or even if you just want to talk about what's on your mind. Basically, what you can expect to hear uh, on the show this season is uh, researchers, um, professors, people working in the field of health who are just passionate. Not only that, but lay people as well. People who have had some sort of positive interaction with what they consider to be a healthy lifestyle that has changed them and their mindsets for the better. And the thing that I want to really push on the show is just people challenging themselves and thinking outside the box and trying things that they didn't want to try before. Once again, the end, the end game here is to feel better. And if you keep doing the same things over and over again, you're never going to have a different result. So, um, Anybody who's tuned in now who um, who has never listened before, well, it's always second episode anyways, um, I welcome you to the show, and I hope that you can learn something. And once again, if you reach out to me, I hope that I can learn something from you. Uh, I'm just going to get right into it. Today's episode is in some way a continuation of the last episode. Last week, I shared a very personal autobiographical tale about my relationship with my weight. There were a lot of toxic emotions that lived inside of me when I was obese, and it felt incredibly cleansing to let all of that out on the radio here for you guys. I did not, however, place much emphasis on the activity portion of my journey through weight, nor did I really go in depth on exactly what nutritional changes I made and when. While this was very, it was very important to talk about the emotional and even the humorous side of my experience, I do intend to provide more concrete information on exactly what I did. Mindset is very important. In fact, I would say it's definitely one of the biggest things. But it, on its own, doesn't affect the numbers on the scale. Uh, so, in in terms of talking about about physical fitness, tonight's episode is called "From Fat to Fit: Discovering My Capabilities." I will describe my relationship with exercise in my childhood, and later detail my introduction to fitness as a key aspect of lifestyle that occurred only about eighteen months ago. Welcome back to Annie Gets Healthy. As I said before the break, this episode is called From Fat to Fit, Discovering My Capabilities. One of my earliest memories from school is kind of a silly one. 
I was about five years old and a real tomboy, which never changed, to be honest. I used to take pride in being able to lift things above my head and walk around with them because it made me feel strong like a boy. I say in quotes, Five-year-olds don't really challenge gender norms in too much depth. At least they didn't in 1997. One afternoon, I flexed my bicep to a boy in my class and asked him to feel my muscles. He poked at my arm and laughed. It feels like a piece of construction paper. I chuckled to think about how offended I was at that, to be honest with you. But the point was, strength was a trait that I valued a lot as a child. In fact, I think the idea of being physically strong never went away as a kid. As a child, I was put into dance class and gymnastics, probably something else along the way. But after my cousin joined Taekwondo, I begged my mother to join. She gave me an ultimatum. I could only do Taekwondo if I ceased my other activities. Needless to say, it was a no-brainer. I did Taekwondo for about five years. To be fair, it was a huge part of my identity. I often placed first in sparring at provincial championships, enjoyed memorizing my forms, and took pleasure in owning my board and eventually brick breaking skills. Sadly, with the coming of age comes apathy, and Taekwondo was one of the first victims of it. So close to getting my black belt, I just lost interest. I took up guitar instead, but I never really had the passion for playing the guitar the way I did for martial arts. Believe me, music was an integral part of my life for many years after that. Thus, my years of producing music and doing previous shows on this station. I did attempt to involve myself in other things after Taekwondo. In grade 9, I played volleyball for the high school team for just one year. I did not continue the following year. We were not great. It was fun, but it didn't really grip me. Nothing did. I definitely did enjoy the uh, that feeling of social facilitation, that, that dynamic when you perform with a team, because when I was in school, I really didn't have that feeling of fitting in too much. Uh, the school that I went to placed a lot of emphasis on athletics, and you kind of tended to see the same people on every team. It was these like high achievers in the classroom, but also, you know, in the gym. And you kind of see all these people, and you do rank yourself. You see these people who are on the winning teams, and they're, you know, they're just kind of getting patted on the back all the time. And you know what? That's really fair. And, you know, people who are involved in athletics and who excel in athletics definitely deserve to be recognized. But I definitely felt left out, and I didn't really know where I fit in that. When I did Taekwondo, I was so big on the personal aspect of that, and I really enjoyed that that private participation in sport. But um, I never felt like to compete for my school, I never felt like I was good enough for that. And, and, you know, and now coming at this from a recreation perspective, I do see that as problematic. And that's definitely something that uh, I want to discuss in future episodes because I think that happens to a lot of kids. Like you grow up with this enthusiasm of wanting to be a part of something and wanting to participate. But something like at some point in time, and, and I said this on the last episode, I started to realize when I was about eight years old there was something different about me, and that was called fat. People, kids are the most honest of anybody, and they will tell you what is on their mind, and that's just the way that things are. And I'm I'm not saying that it's a good thing. I'm not saying it's the worst thing in the world. But for me, I definitely knew where I was, and I was able to kind of categorize myself for the worse as a result of that. I had low expectations for what I could provide, and even when it came to you know testing in gym, I. 
I just didn't try to... I didn't have any sense of internal competition with myself because the way I figured it is that I could never do it. I could never go above and beyond. And I think that this generation is changing, but at my time, in my time, the physical educators didn't really care. They weren't really that big on seeing you beat your personal best if you weren't of interest to them. And don't get me wrong, I had some lovely gym teachers growing up. I really did. They were very nice people. And um, a few of them, you know, I, I had great conversations with that helped me a lot growing up. But in terms of my physical performance, there was never a big push. And once again, you know, uh, as time goes on, we're increasingly worried about offending people. But the people who uh, were concerned about offending me were the people who should have been pushing me. And the people who weren't concerned about offending me were the people who could actually be detrimental. And I, and that's not a me thing. That's a thing for all children. And once again, I really am, uh, my original hope when I came to Milan was to study phys ed before I changed my mind and decided to pursue rec, just because I really hope that this generation will have a different outlook on how we treat children in uh, in the educational environment, that it's not about covering the gym with banners, that it's not about, you know, making sure that the best of the best do their personal best, that uh, if someone is sitting on the sidelines and being what we would consider lazy, that rather than scoff at it or ignore it, that we actually engage with it and, uh, and, and just try to, you know, find out what the original problem is and what we can do to engage with that person. So once again, I have really high hopes for this. And I say all of this just coming from where I've come from. So after volleyball, I really don't think I did anything else physical in, in high school. I did improv in junior high as well, but... In high school, it wasn't just physical activity that I didn't participate in. I really didn't participate in much of anything. I, I as I said, I, I messed around with music, had some lessons here and there, but, you know, I, I, I did sing in a choir, and for some years I played in a school band, um, but nothing in the sense of, like, leisure that wasn't being graded on some level, because all musical performance, you did get a grade, for that and it was a credit that you would get so there was definitely no like freely chosen leisure that I really participated in I was I was bored a lot and boredom is a very negative thing because it, it leaves us seeking uh, all sorts of other things nowadays I love going to the gym I love getting my blood pumping and I didn't have that then and so you know, and I alluded to this last week, I turned to a lot of things that I thought were going to fix that void inside of me, and they just didn't. Nothing really worked. I never really had anything that was just so physically motivating to me. So the one thing that, you know, increased and increased every year was my weight. I was on and off with various health-related programs throughout high school. Regardless, I seem to constantly gain about 10 pounds every year. I spent a year at a big box gym that no longer exists, actually. Then I spent a year in Curves, if anybody remembers Curves. I think, I think they still exist, actually. Uh, and I spent another year at Weight Watchers. Once again, they were initially beneficial to me in some way, but they didn't change my mindset. If your mindset remains static, so will your condition. Diets do not work. You can count points on the program's perfection and lose weight every week. But once you deviate, especially permanently, from it, 
The weight takes no time to come back at all. My last attempt at Weight Watchers was in grade 12, I believe. I was 208 pounds, and I wanted to get under 200 for grad. I probably did get there for grad night, but by graduation itself, I was pushing 220. Then came Mun, and subsequently came the freshman 40 or 50, and by then there was no activity in my life. None. I am not exaggerating of this, I promise you. I went to school, came home, barely studied, and stayed up late. I would just play video games and watch TV all night long. Then the spring and summers would come. Naturally, some of my friends would want to go for walks and hikes. But this was just too much for my body to bear. I had no on-paper disability, no chronic condition. Between this and my diet, not to mention other lifestyle factors that were harming my health, things were just getting worse with time. And I kind of skimmed through what happened when I came to Mun, how I left Mun. But things just went from bad to worse. I was just eating everything in sight when I was here, and I was getting driven here every day, so like my amount of walking didn't really change. I just, I, in fact, I probably moved less when I came to Mun than I ever did in my life. I never bothered to go to the Mun gym. You know, this is a side note, but I really do think that this life is a really precious gift and that it's not meant to be spent indoors all the time. And if we are indoors, it's definitely not meant to be spent sitting on a couch and scrolling on our phones and living from one glowing rectangle to another. It's not meant to be spent going to work and sitting behind a monitor and then going to the bathroom and sitting behind a phone and then going home and sitting behind a TV and then getting in bed behind an iPad before you finally put it down and close your eyes and not getting enough sleep before you repeat the process once again in the morning. We were not meant to live like that of this, I assure you. But we do, and that's just the thing, and I did. Even though I got better at dealing with people and I didn't feel that inadequacy that I did before, I just, you know, I wasn't giving my body or brain what it needed. I was really starving my brain, starving myself in so many ways, not in terms of nourishment, although that can be argued. No, I, I had starved myself spiritually in some way. I'm not a religious person, but... I mean, if you don't have any sort of balance in your life, you're not going to be a balanced person. And I know I wasn't. I was depressed all of the time. I had no energy for anything, despite doing nothing that required energy. Always tired. And so I was here for three semesters. And I struggled to keep my grades up because I didn't even have the motivation to do the work. My grades were so poor. The courses that I scraped by in were courses that I genuinely liked. So... I found myself having to leave university. That was a rough go. That was eight months of me sitting on my laurels at home, feeling sorry for myself and watching true crime shows in the middle of the day. And, you know, my problems with mental health and with all sorts of other unsavory things that were in my life, they, they just got worse and worse. But the thing that saved me was, you know, going back to school and all that. And that was four years of hard work. But... You know what it wasn't accompanied by? A change in my activity. Really, overall, a change in my nutrition either. I, I had a period where I lost 20 pounds, but, you know, and, and, and it for, for some reason it stayed off. I can't tell you why, because I didn't do anything, anything that made it 
realistic to have it off. I was still going out and eating all the time, and if you think I was moving, then you were you were definitely malinformed. So where does that bring me? That brings me to being, as I described in the last episode, to me being 286 pounds and having high cholesterol and having lived with my friends all summer in this... Uh, in this absolute like party house and putting ourselves in the worst situations and having all sorts of terrible things happen in front of my eyes that at the time didn't even bother me because my life just it it, it didn't I wasn't even surprised at this point that things wouldn't be great because I didn't think and I, I think a lot of people out out in the world who have problems you know, whether it's like you're struggling with a mental illness, you're struggling to find your healthy balance. People like myself don't think that they're good enough to have good things happen to them. And when you think that, at least when you're in that state of mind, there is a defeat that comes with that. And I absolutely was prey to that. Now, things are about to go on the up. This has been such a like such a drag of a few minutes of talking. But before we push into the really happiness of kind of how things started and what specifically I did to uh, turn around my health in terms of my physical activity, we have to take a break. The final break of the hour, so I'm not going anywhere too long. we got some important messages, but when we come back, it is just me and you, my friends, straight talking until 8 p.m. So don't go anywhere. Annie Gets Healthy will be right back after these messages. Welcome back to Annie Gets Healthy right here on 93.5 CHMR-FM. And a little update on my standing situation. I am still standing. I didn't think I was actually going to do a, a whole episode where I stood, but... Here we are, 34 minutes in. Drum roll, please. No, I think I'm going to keep standing. Feels good. Uh, so if you're just tuning in, uh, well, it sucks for you because we're halfway done. But the name of this episode is um, From Fat to Fit, How I Discovered My, or, or Discovering My Capabilities. So once again, I'm hoping that these first two episodes will be, you know, uh, pre-recorded and thrown onto the internet and onto the airwaves uh, again at the beginning of the next semester, the winter. Once again, I think it's just a really great introduction to the show. And if you think that I have time to be pre-recording at the beginning of the semester, then you are so mistaken. <laughs> I am human like all of you. I have no time. Lucky I'm here. I am very lucky. But uh, anyways, when we left off, I was talking about just how entirely dead I felt when I left Mun, when I was in college, and even the two years that I was working. Now, it was the first year, really, that is where something had to give and a change started. But even in that second year, as changes were being made... I wasn't where I am today, so clearly there's discussion that needed to happen there. So let's go to me being 24, kind of freshly 24, only about a month of being 24, and I'm 267 pounds, and you know what? As I said, I am sedentary. I did not do anything at this stage in my life. I would wake up, get my, you know, nest tea, whatever, and I would hop in to the car and drive to work and just sit there for like eight hours and then drive home and then play video games. That was my life. 
and I kept being all fidgety at work, and I, I just, I just, I, I didn't feel right, and I was anxious, and I started having these panic attacks at work, and my boss is just like, you need to cut down on the caffeine, you know, and, you know, I look back now, and I'm like, yeah, that's it, <laughs> it's the caffeine, uh, but hey, I, I really do, uh, I, I'm very grateful that I listened to that, because it was the first modification that I made, not so much the caffeine, but it was the quitting the sugary drinks and everything. And I used to always think, you know, and it kind of has to do with a bit of how I feel about carbohydrates now, where it's like we think we need sugar, like excessive amounts of sugar to do anything, when really it's kind of the opposite. We take in all this sugar and we have less energy because I was always so fatigued and tired and I was just drinking these sugary drinks all day long. And so once I had been like removed from that for about two months, and as I described last week, I had lost maybe 15 or 20 pounds, probably 20 or more when I started going to the gym. So why did I go to the gym? Uh, and actually, I'm about to uh, do a little testimonial. I'm actually switching gyms now, but before I leave, I actually do want to do a testimonial for my old gym just because that's where I started. And and um, it, it is kind of emotional leaving. And, and we've we've discussed, you know, before my leaving that it is sad because, you know, it's 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 kind of hard to believe everything that happened in less than two years but uh, i have my reasons for needing a change temporarily and i may be back at some point but my reason for going to this gym um it was it was mostly self-care i had been working at this job for about seven or eight months i was on contract my contract had been extended which it wasn't supposed to be uh and Still, the time had come. I had to leave. And so I had been looking for work. And, you know, I don't think it matters. If you're in, like, a variety of industries, there's going to be problems in finding work. And IT was no different. Like, it's every job that would go up, it was a million people applying for the one job. And, yeah, I had I was college educated, and I had a tiny bit of experience. But for every time that I post, you would have these guys with 10 years of experience with my education and maybe another diploma or three certifications on top or, you know, with an actual computer science degree. So needless to say, I did not have people banging down my door to offer me jobs. And I knew that I was going to get depressed because I know me. I know what I'm like. And when I'm left, as I said, when I got kicked out of mud and I was just at home sitting on my couch watching Nancy Grace all day, which, by the way, don't ever do that. I don't even think she's a show on, on TV anymore. She's online, but don't do that ever because nothing ever gets better when you do that. And I knew, I, I, I did know better. I hadn't really began engaging in any sort of activity up to that point, but I knew that I was going to need something. Now, now that I'm in school again, I can say that what I needed, I identified a need for meaningful leisure in my life. And for me... That led to me going to this gym, this really great place that was so accommodating to me and is accommodating to a lot of um, different uh, people and families and all sorts of situations. I didn't tell them my situation or anything. I just said that I, you know, want to join the gym and that I had extra time on my hands and I just wanted to start coming to the gym more often. And so I'm sure, you know, you get a lot of big people who walk into a gym and say, I want to come to the gym three times a week. And someone will go, yeah, right. <laughs> You're not going to do that. 
And uh, I, I don't judge anybody if they thought that of me because I'm sure in the back of my head was like, you're not going to do this. In fact, why even make such a big goal for yourself? Telling yourself that you're going to come to the gym three times a week, you're setting yourself up to fail. That's what my internal, and I remember going through this a few times in the course of that period. But, you know, that was actually a very rocky period of my life. And I would later say to people who would go, why do you go to the gym three times a week? I would say, well, it's the one thing in my life that I can control. And at this point, I could I could notice that when I made certain dietary changes, my weight would go down. And when I did go to the gym three times a week instead of two, my weight would go down. Or even if I had a really bad nutritional slip up, you know, if I was consistent the rest of the time and I went to the gym often, my weight would at least remain the same. And so while I couldn't translate this to a lot of people because I did, I wasn't equipped with the information or the really raw passion that I am now, I didn't know, I was aware that, you know, there was some medicine in this that I had found. And so I discussed my dad getting sick last week. And so this is really like the worst time of, of, of my life at this point because my nightmare is playing out. I'm I'm a college graduate who's unemployed, who is looking for work, who's on EI, who is not getting any calls back for you know, I'm I'm having a hard time finding job postings and the ones that I do find that I'm you know, applying for, nobody's getting back to me. And half the jobs I apply to I kinda don't even want to begin with because they just seem like jobs that would make me miserable. And on top of that, my father's chemo no longer working and you know, knowing that this can't go on forever. And he was, you know, planning to go to Toronto and hopefully get on a clinical trial. But once again, experimental treatments are experimental. And I, I had a feeling that the end for him was not too far away. And I was correct in that. And I felt like I was never going to be a true professional in the field that I had gone to school pursuing, which also was not untrue. So rather than just, and because how I dealt with all this stuff for the rest, for the remainder, the previous part of my life was to just sit at home with my head down and go, man, this sucks. This sucks. And you know what that accomplished for me? Nothing, except I would just keep on doing that and my life would get worse. So for the first time, the first time in my life, I was like, you know what? I have something that clearly works for me as medicine. And so I started going to the gym and... Like, when I said three times a week, for the most part, I meant it. And the worse of a day I had, the more of a desire I had to go. Because I knew that I was going to find something at the gym that I wasn't going to find at home. Because I had looked. I had looked from the floor to my ceiling. I had looked in every cl every, every closet, every dresser drawer of my house for something that would make me feel better. For something that would change my life. And I didn't find it there. I didn't find it there. I found it outside. I found it at the grocery store and I found it at the gym, but that's really oversimplifying it. I found it in many places, but the gym is what I'm talking about this week, and it was so monumental in changing my life. So what did I do when I went there? Well, um, I didn't want to get on a treadmill, I'll tell you that right now. I saw all these people running, and I was like, oh my god, I could never do that. And to be honest with you, thank god I didn't. If you're a bigger person that's able to run, I say, you are awesome. As long as you're careful and you know your body, that's awesome. But I was so terrified of hurting my knees. 
And so I was like, okay, I don't think that's for me. And I don't think I could even do it anyways, but I'm going to walk on a treadmill. And so I would walk on a treadmill and speed up the pace and do high incline. I hated it. I don't think anybody likes cardio. I've come to kind of enjoy a lot of forms of cardio now, but I definitely hated it then. Uh, I didn't really see the medicine in it at first, but nonetheless, I knew I needed to do it if I was going to have some sort of meaningful weight loss that would continue. Because once again, your body adapts to things is how I saw it. And eventually my body would get used to the way I was eating now. And maybe my weight loss would slow, which of course it probably would have if I hadn't supplemented it with more change and more physical activity. And I'm lucky that I continue to lose and maintain now when I'm really doing the same stuff. Maybe a little difference in my physical activity, but nothing dramatic. But what kept me going to the gym was not the cardio, I'll tell you that right now. What I found, remember at the beginning of this episode, I talked about those boy muscles. I wanted to have muscles. I wanted to be strong. Strength was important to me. So, naturally, when I went to the gym, I turned to strength training. Now, I didn't go and start lifting barbells and picking up dumbbells in each arm and going crazy. I started out just by doing weight machines. And on, like, the lowest or second lowest settings... And, you know, after a couple of weeks, I was feeling good about myself. And I mean, hey, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't doing anything that you would look at and see as impressive. And I knew that I definitely had the feeling in my mind that people were looking at me and going, oh, they're, you know, fat person. And I always had that feeling when I was big was that people were always looking at me. And it was a horrible feeling. But when I was at the gym, I didn't care because I was like, well, yeah, I'm big and that's why I'm here. I want to. You know, even if I'm never going to be, you know, slim, I'm at least going to be healthier. I'm at least going to make some, you know, net positive change on my life. And so, you know, once a month, I'm adding five or ten pounds to those weight machines. And I'm maybe doing them in a certain order. And I'm finding that maybe there are certain muscle groupings that I hated doing at first that now I kind of like to do. For example, when I first went to the gym, I hated working on my shoulders. I remember one of the first times that I did that that machine where you where you push up and I remember my arms shaking and it was only on like ten pounds or something. You know, I, I never thought that I'd be, you know, grabbing a bar and, and, and you know, a big heavy bar and thrusting it above my head, you know, and doing big sets of that. I, I never thought that that would ever be something that would happen because I hated it when I first started doing it. But you start seeing progress, and there's really no going back. So my shoulders, my arms, and my chest, that's that's the stuff I fell in love with because that, those were all the hot zones of the quote-unquote boy muscles, not meaning to be gendering muscles. But once again, I was a kid. I was a tomboy. I kind of wanted to be a boy. And, you know, this big part of me was like, I want to be a strong man. And so I went to the gym, and I got to kind of, work towards a goal of doing what I wanted as a kid in my adulthood. I was spending my own money, my own time to work towards that goal. I didn't have my mom checking in on me to see if I was, you know, it's like, you know, when your mom signs you up for piano class and is like, hey, are you actually practicing because I paid for this? Well, it was on me this time. I'm mom. (laughs) I'm my own mom. And I'm looking after myself. And if anybody's going to hold me accountable for this, it's going to be me. And so I did. I um, I just kept going, and I, I discovered that my arms and my shoulders and my chest were things I really enjoyed working on. And so for the next 
six, seven, eight months, I was really increasing that. And as the spring came, I discovered my true love of walking. I just loved a good trail, and I loved just walking down the road. It just, I didn't need a destination. Um, one of my professors asked us in class today, does anybody like walking anywhere? Do you need a destination? I did not need a destination. I would walk anywhere. And, you know, I, I always need music or whatever, but I mean, a good, you know, uh, thing to pair this up with is when I eventually did get another job, um, I worked with Eastern Health and I was at the health science, I wasn't in the health science center, I was uh, in a building very close to it, but I would walk on the, uh, on the, a part of the Long Pond Trail right by it every day on my lunch break. I would, I would, I would, I would go out of my way to eat lunch during a slow part of my actual workday so that when I took my break, I could just take my break and I would go for a walk. And I wouldn't be, you know, like on my phone or like, you know, just eating and scrolling or watching videos. No, no, I wanted to be outside and getting fresh air. And there were a few little areas that I would walk around. So walking really became medicine to me. And most of the time that I was at that job, it was just a student summer job. Most of the time that I was at that job, my dad was actually in palliative care. And so my routine every day was like, go to work, um, you know, walk on my big break, and on my little break, just go outside and get a bit of fresh air. And the moment I get off work, go see my dad. And then do whatever, you know, work on making sure I'm eating enough because when you're stressed, that's the other way it can go. And so I had to make sure that I was really eating a lot of good food. And so, you know, I'm still going to the gym. I'm, you know, I'm doing that after I go visit my dad. I'm, I'm making sure that I'm getting all of these activities in. And what I found is that I wasn't falling apart. I wasn't losing control of everything. And once again, people would say, why are you going to the gym? Why do you have to go for a walk? Why can't you do this right now? Why can't you do that right now? Why would you want to go there when you can come here? And my answer was always because I can control that about my life. Why would I just go and sit on someone's porch? You know, I can do that later. If I get that thing done that I want to do that's going to make me feel good about myself, I can feel my muscles getting stronger. I can feel my body being able to handle more activity without me doubling over and panting out of breath. Just the fact that, you know, I was able to do more every time. I felt for the first time in my life that I was in control of something. And so eventually the day came, um, you know, a little over a year ago now when I was at work and I got a call that I had to come and, you know, it was going to happen. And, and I was there and it did. And yeah, it was devastating. And, you know, my life changed forever in that moment. But, you know, in the days before, um, I was really lucky to have a conversation with my dad who was so worried my whole life about my mental health because I had done some really crazy things in my life. Um, I had just been a very up and down person and I discovered actually that year why I found out that I was bipolar and uh, that really I had a lot going on that I didn't know about for a long time. But. Uh, you know, he didn't even know because I, I kept my diagnosis a secret from him for a while because I just I didn't want to put more on him. But I told him in the end that, you know, I was dealing with this, but he was able to see how I had been dealing with it. That, you know, since that diagnosis, I had really, you know, 
it just happened to coincide with me making all of these really positive changes. And for the first time in his life, he wasn't worried about me. And he felt good in the fact that, okay, I don't have to worry about you anymore. Finally, 24 years old, almost 25 years old. Like it's not worrying in some capacity. You can look after yourself in some capacity. And indeed I could. And so, you know, he he didn't want to go. He wanted to hold on. But when that time came, I was really able, like I had my emotional moment, but I was able to objectively look at it after I had had a little bit of time and went, well, I've been waiting for this for a while and it's best for everybody. But now it's time for me to stay true to my word. And I told him that I was going to, I was, you know, that these positive changes I wasn't only just going to stay at the level I was right now. I was going to improve and that I was going to have a career and I was going to have a family one day in some capacity, maybe not a nuclear family, but a family nonetheless, that I was going to do something meaningful, productive with my life. And I didn't even know. At that time, I had no idea what I was talking about. I was like, oh, I guess I'm just going to go to Ontario and get get a programming job finish a bachelor's degree in computer science. You know, none of these things were in the cards for me, but I just, I knew that there was some hope there. And I wasn't going to tell him that there wasn't because I just didn't know. But I knew that if I kept going to the gym, if I kept on going to the gym and lifting heavy things and walking, that something would happen. Well, I had a very emotional birthday that year. My birthday is October 6th, and so it's actually coming up pretty soon again, but it was... Less than two months after he died that I had my 25th birthday. I wasn't even home. I was in Nova Scotia. I was visiting uh, friends at the time, but also family. And uh, I had I had some, some lonely moments when I was alone to reflect on the fact that this is the first birthday. that I mean, I wasn't home with my mom, and I definitely wasn't with my dad. So I had a lot going on in my mind, and my way of coping with what's going on in my mind was usually to go to the gym, but I had no access to a car. I had no way to get to a gym. And so people are always saying that activity can be free. And once again, if you have issues that are between you and the leisure you want, that's definitely a problem. But I made leisure for myself. I knew that I liked walking. And so I went out and I did my walking. But one day, it, it really did occur to me that I could do something new. You know, like if I'm at the gym and I'm doing that 20 pounds for a month and one day I say, why the hell not? And I pick up 30. I had that moment with walking where I decided that I was going to run. At this point in my life, I was about two, no, sorry, I was one, about 165 pounds. And I figured, you know, maybe, maybe for the first time in my life, I can do this without worrying about my knees, about my bones, just not being able to handle me. Because once again, I'm I'm not a tall person. I'm a short person who carried all their weight in the center. And so I had very valid concerns. And so when the time came and I was able to make that choice to run, I did. And the first run was like six minutes. It was on an old highway in Nova Scotia. And I said, I'm going to run from here to the stop sign. Let's see how it goes. And it was killer. It hurt. My legs hurt. My lungs hurt. My everything hurt. I was so glad I didn't smoke cigarettes anymore or else I probably would have killed over and died, I felt like. But I didn't. And I feel like everything that I do now in my life, it's like if I do some sort of exercise that really hurts and sucks, my first thought is, oh my god, that's terrible. That sucks so much. Anyways, when can I do it again? (laughs) 
that seems to be how I how I deal with all this stuff now. So when I had that really crappy run, you know, the next day I didn't, but the day after that I was like, you know what? I have nothing else to do. I'm gonna go run. I'm gonna look up a few articles online about how to get into running. And I did a bit more traveling after that. And I had moments in that when I was so lonely. I was in a place that wasn't my home. I didn't know what to do, so I ran. And I came home. And I was able to bring one souvenir home with me, and that was my love of running. The joy of motion that I had discovered in Nova Scotia and in the northeastern United States, I brought that gift with me home. And so one day, I was running on what's now my favorite trail. It's very close to my house. It's the Virginia Rivers Concourse. Um... I was running on that trail, and I had thought a couple times that, you know, I felt very connected to my father when I would run, because my father was a lifelong runner. It was it was his medicine. He worked in school administration for the majority of my life. Uh, he was in the education system for 35 years, I think, and it was very stressful for him. He, you know, he had a stressful life. He was a principal for pretty much all my life, and so... You know, he would go out for walks late in the night. He would run. He would do all of these things. And, you know, it really seemed to be something that kept him mellow. And I would think about this, you know, about a month in to beginning running. And one day it hit me that I was going to come back to school. I was going to, I was going to think about studying PE because he was a teacher. And I just, I felt that that emotional connection to it and you know what that was not the degree program that I think I'm going to do with my life you know it's not where I'm going but it led me to the right department and so it was at this point that I really went all in on how beautiful motion is and even with my music as I you know began to produce less of it I made a few songs for a project that I haven't finished yet and that project is just called the joy of motion so at this point, you're really seeing in my life the the things that are a priority to me. And it's not junk food. It's not sitting and watching TV. It's not all of these things that, that, you know, define my life. It's not whatever new video game is coming out next month that I'm waiting for that I have pre-ordered. It has nothing to do with that anymore. It has to do with these little, these little holistic things, these little free things, these little tiny joys in life that... I get to experience now that I never experienced for the first 24 years of my life. Things that were right under my nose that I just ignored and pretended they weren't there because they made me uncomfortable, because they were things that I wasn't used to doing. And I thought that because I hadn't done them for the first X amount of years of my life that I could never do them. And that is a prison of my own device that I locked myself in for so long. And I could have gotten myself out of that at any point in my life when I was a kid. You know, you can blame people for not pushing you, like I did earlier. But at the end of the day, the one person who chose not to start running, to not to start moving, to not evaluate what I was putting on my body was me. And so the person who had to change all of that was also me. And so if anybody is out there who is is trying to get through to someone and and, and make them change their habits, I got bad news for you. It's not going to work. You've just got to hold out you got to wait until they feel it within themselves. Because you know what? I had a lot of periods in my life when people told me to smarten up and eat better and move more, and I wasn't having any of it. This brings us to the end of our hour, and once again, I can't believe I just stood here and talked for an hour straight, but I have. Um, 
so I'm not going to really ramble on too much over my time. There is another show that's going to be starting very soon. So I want to thank you for tuning in. Once again, I'm going to uh, shout out my social media here really quickly. If you want to get in contact or you just want to follow me for whatever reason, you're bored, uh, you can go on Instagram at Annie Gets Healthy. That's A-N-N-I-I Gets Healthy. Uh, also, I just created Twitter. I'm not really using it much yet, but it's uh, Annie K Health, A-N-N-I-I-K Health. So we're going to talk about that, and I have another friend coming on the week after, I hope, still getting it all in the works, but here I am, rambling, 801, gotta go. But thank you so much for tuning in to Annie Gets Healthy. Please, for the next week, take care of yourself, and I look forward to speaking with you all again next week. Have a good night.